Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch The Going Live Show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of her son in the sketch. Uh, she played the mom, and I played the priest going, the power of Christ compels you. Like, that was me. Well, sadly, this past Last Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now, the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can, you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm gonna do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase phrase it. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which is another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. Just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who
From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston and New York to LA, where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW Double or Nothing 2023. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by the AEW correspondent, the one, the only, Gatorade Ross. I don't have the mental capabilities for this right now. Fuck the clap. Who wants the clap? He don't. He don't. God, I, the only reason I'm not throwing things right now is because I get to claim this fucking travesty on my fucking taxes. <laughs> oh, God, this was a... God damn it. Oh, I know. I, I Hey, we both sat through this. The only difference is I didn't fucking pay for it because I'm not I wasting paid, my... I paid money. for it, but I get to write it off on my taxes. Yeah, I wouldn't get to write it off on my taxes, and I don't even have the money to pay for a fucking pay-per-view, and I sure as hell wouldn't spend my... I ain't spending my last dollar on this it's like would you get this or a sandwich a sandwich even if it had everything on it that i hate why not that's what wrestling marks do and i'm not a mark so i wouldn't fucking do it so anyway right but you're vinnie Bucci wrestling mark anyway don't you, don't you fucking start with me <laughs> don't you fucking start with me <laughs> Here's the thing. Now y'all don't know why this is why this is annoying and why it's funny, but the crazy part <laughs> is you're never gonna find out. So I'm not even gonna bring it up right now. You're never gonna know. It's an inside joke between me and Vinny, and it's fucking hilarious. Yes. There may come a day when I reveal it. Today is not that day. So, ladies and gentlemen, Gator and I both sat through Double or Nothing 2023. At the time that we are sitting here recording this, it is midnight, and I'm gonna let you all know something right now. If you're expecting a recap that is going to praise this pay-per-view. We're about to disappoint the shit out of you. This is also probably not going to be no longer than 30 minutes. Yeah, we ain't going to spend a lot of time on this one because there ain't much to talk about. So we're going to kick things off here with the first official match of the evening. Fuck my life and everything in it. It is the 21-man Blackjack Battle Royal for the AEW International Championship with Orange Cassidy defending his title against Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Ari Davari, Tony Nese, Lee Moriarty, Big Bill, Commander, Kip Sabian, The Butcher, The Blade, Switchblade, Jay White, Rock Hard Juice Robinson, I hate the fact I just fucking said those words, Dustin Rhodes, Keith Lee, Absolute Ricky Starks, Penta El Zero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Bandito, Swerve Strickland, and The Machine, Brian Cage. Wrestling! Which, by the way, of that, it was not. The sad part is this isn't the worst thing that happens on this pay-per-view. It's not. It's, I, it's really I, not. I thought this would be the worst moment of the pay-per-view, and boy, it's was not. I fucking wrong. The level of fuckery that we dealt with in this in this show. Okay, first of all, this, this is a huge, gigantic clusterfuck. Um, the sad part is this isn't what hurts my feelings, and it should, and it doesn't. And here's the thing. First of all, there was a few things this match I did enjoy, like the fact that Commander got eliminated while he was walking across the top rope like a fucking idiot, which 
which I've learned recently, a lot of people jizz in their pants whenever he does this. Jesus Christ. The, the, yo, Gator jokes about me being a wrestling mark. Let me tell you something. I have not, this guy has more marks jizzing over him than any wrestler I have ever seen in the world. I've actually had people tell me they think he's better than The Undertaker. You're on fucking crack. Wait, Let me wait, just say who, that. Who, they, they said that was who? Commander. The, the, the guy, the white, the, 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 the luchador guy in the white mask that was doing the tightrope thing that got pissed off the top rope. That fucking guy, the guy in all white with the luchador on, mask. Who said, who said that little flippy son of a bitch was better than The Undertaker? A bunch of people on Twitter who attacked me for... And you all deserve to have, and you all deserve to have either your penis or vagina, vice versa, cut off and or sodomized with a fucking rusty fishing knife. Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm just saying, if you need to know how fucked up the indie world is, there you I go. I need a hot curling iron to be stuck in people's anuses. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so anyway, we're sitting through this match. I, I was hoping Ricky Starks was going to win, and it looked like he was gonna. I figured that would have been the smart thing to do. You get the title off of Cassidy, and then you put him wherever you want to put him. If you were going to bring him up, that would have been the way to do it. Had some fuckery with a heel. Boom, he goes off that way and transitions. If you were going to bring him up the card. Yeah. You had pretty Ricky run with it for a little bit. Keep rolling with him. You could roll with him in the Bullet Club or whatever the fuck that bullshit is because you're just trying to have some sign of kind of thing for fuck what's forbidden jackass or whatever the fuck it's called forbidden door i don't give a fuck anymore yes and this forbidden door broken door fuck all of it yeah so of course and then you would think okay well maybe dustin rhodes could win he's a star they could put some star power behind this championship it's an international championship dustin rhodes internationally known so that would be a perfect way to go nope they decide not to go that route either then like i said a bunch of idiots get thrown out of this match i think penta at one point accidentally eliminated Ray Phoenix. I guess that was interesting to some people. And then it comes down to pockets and swerve. And I had never wanted swerve to win a match so badly in my goddamn life. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. We have a moment. At one point, they're on the apron. Swerve's climbing to the top rope. Why the fuck are you going to the top rope in a match where if you hit the ground, you're eliminated? Makes no sense. It doesn't. Because first of all, let's say you hit the move. What if both of you go down? Then it ends in a draw. Second of all, what if you botch whatever move you're doing? Keep in mind, Ladies and gentlemen, this is AEW. Botching is the norm in this company. And then you fuck up the finish, and Pockets is asked to win when he wasn't supposed to. And now Tony Khan has to regroup. I would love, by the way, to sit in a writer, to sit in a creative meeting with Tony Khan and watch him have to change shit on the fly because something didn't go the way he planned it. I would love to be in the room to see Tony Khan try to recover from something like that. Because Vince can do that, no problem. Tony would have a fucking conniption. He like he, he wouldn't know what the fuck to do. He'd to sit in a panic room with coloring books and Play-Doh for an hour so he can fucking figure out how to change something that wasn't supposed to happen. Because calling stuff on the fly is not a skill he has. Someday he might, but he ain't got it now. So well, can, you explain something? can you explain something else to me? If this is for a title, in a logistical mind frame, in a psychology mind frame, wouldn't you not give a fuck about whether or not you were flying around that ring and more about winning the fucking match? Exactly. So this is how I look at things, because that's what it it is look battle royals are 90 there's 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 no room for moves battles are 90 percent kicking and punching they are special attractions meant to showcase talent and move along feuds that's all they are you don't need to make some big fucking spectacle of some bullshit because you gotta have 90 people in this thing and everybody's gotta have a spot because we all gotta play because we're all fucking friends exactly <laughs> And then you make, and then just when I thought this couldn't get any dumber, we get to the finish. Oh, God. Swerve is hanging on to the ropes, and he's doing that thing. He's leaning back, and he's dangling, and he's like, oh, God, oh, God. And Orange Cassidy just kicks his hand, and he falls backwards. that That's how Orange Cassidy retains this fucking title. And again, I ask the question, because it needs to be answered. Where the fuck are you going with this? I mean, could someone, does, I mean, do people realistically think that Orange Cassidy holding this title brings value? No. Do you honestly tell me that him having this 
this long, glorious reign with this title is going to make any more money for this company. That people are actually going to buy a ticket, leave their house, the comfort of their own home, with the food that's in their fridge, and the comfortable sofa, to leave their house, go to a building, pay to park, buy a ticket, walk into the building, pay an insane amount of money for food, sit in an uncomfortable chair around people you don't even know, unless you brought your friends, then maybe your friends sit next to you, but in general, the rest of the motherfuckers in there you barely know to watch Orange Cassidy. I don't know. I I am. Who's this fucking doing that? Show was four fucking hours. That's every AEW pay per view. Tonight's of a our lives, we can't get back. Yeah, I mean seriously, because I'm telling you right now, I doubt anybody is. And if you are, your life is sad. Yes, and- it's sadder than Zachary Scott's, and Zachary Scott's life is really sad. Yes. <laughs> You're sadder than the guy who washes dishes and fucks his mattress. And yeah. yes. And, and um we gonna get text messages for that. And <laughs> we gonna get no, texts. But, but no, that's that's the truth. I'm getting oh, I'm getting the phone call. Motherfucker, fuck you. I don't fuck my mattress. Okay. You don't fuck okay. He I don't know what he uh, it's uh, fine. Alright. And speaking of getting fucked, on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. The unsanctioned match. Uh, we got Adam Cole. <sighs> versus Chris Jericho and apparently the special enforcer, the homicidal suicidal, genocidal, death defying Sabu. That that had his like three spots and then was gone the entire match. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, go ahead, you've got things to say and I'm my brain hurts. Okay. Um. Okay, first of all, let me just say this. Last I checked, they, they, they're calling this an unsanctioned match. Now, a, in AEW, and I've, now I've watched AEW since the beginning. Elvis is to blame for that. I continue to watch it and do recaps. Y'all are to blame for that. Mm-hmm. I literally told people while I was at a, I was at a, I was hanging out with some wrestling fans. I was at this, uh, I'll call it a summit. I can't really go into detail about it now, but someday I will. And some people asked me, if you don't like it, if you have an issue with AEW, why do you keep talking about it? I said, people keep listening. The fans ask. I give the fans what they want. This is why I do this because you all really want to hear me either rip this apart or you're hanging on to the hope that someday I'm gonna love everything about this company. And if you're smoking that kind of hopium, <laughs> I want you to. I I want you to understand this very, very clearly. Vinny's never going to enjoy this product. I'm going to continue to shit on it because it's just for the culture. Yes, for the culture. <laughs> That's pretty much what we're doing this for, for the culture. Now, here's the thing. Now, as I mentioned before, I've been watching this for a long time. Every single time. They have held an unsanctioned match. And this goes all the way back to Moxley and Olivier. Their unsanctioned matches was always at the end of the show. They would shut off the lights. There would be little to no entrances, if any. Mm-hmm. And they would basically say, technically, the show is over. Mm-hmm. If you want to stay for this match, you can. Because that was AEW's way of saying, we're not responsible for what's happening. We're all pretty right. much and going looked, home. And it looked good. Good in in the way of kayfabe and presentation. And yeah. So yeah. So now all of a sudden we're holding an unsanctioned match, and not only are there entrances, not only are there not only are the lights on, it's the second match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now AEW doesn't. Not only do they not follow normal logic, now do they not follow wrestling logic? They don't even follow their own logic. You've now. They don't even follow the own rules that they set. That's how. St- Stupid this looks. So right away, right off the bat, before the bell even rings, there's no consistency. Then we get to the actual match itself. And Gator, I don't, do you, I don't know if you want to say this or can I, but Gator brought up something before we went on the air about the matches on this card. Gator, you remember what it was and you wanted to share it or should I? Go ahead. Technically, technically, we want to get technical here. There's not one singles match on this whole entire card. You're welcome. Not one. Because this match basically was Roderick Strong fighting with Danny Garcia. And Sabu throwing chairs at people. Okay, now I've watched quite a lot of a EC quite a lot of ECW while we've done these classic pay-per-view reviews. I even watched two that are going to be coming out in November. We got two ECW pay-per-view reviews coming out. Gator's not happy about it, but we're doing them now. Yeah, Gator hates everything. Okay, he's not happy about what we're doing. Sabu never threw a chair that much. No, never. I don't know why Sabu is suddenly not able to hold on to a steel chair. You want to know? why he started you want to know when he started doing that 
When? 2006 in the WWECW. He just started throwing chairs all of a sudden, like couldn't yeah, hold Yeah, he was doing a lot of that with the big show and with these some of these big motherfuckers. And it was, it, it, that's when that got kind of. Okay, well, either way, it's bad, okay? You can pick up a chair. If you're going to have a chair, swing it. The only time it makes sense to throw it is when Rob Van Dam would toss somebody a chair, they catch it, but then he'd do some that spinning back kick and do the Van Daminator. That was cool. But Sabu it, just going, it, it meh. It look brutal. I mean, it does look brutal. But, at least, but Sabu just going, yeah, that ain't working for me. That don't work for me, brother. Um, And apparently, nobody else was watching. So Sabu's supposed to be the special guest enforcer, yet right away, he's siding with the baby face, which is normally not the case here. You're supposed to be down the middle unless somebody fucks with you. Then you can kind of break the rules a little bit if they, someone puts their hands on you. But in general, that's not the case. So then we get to this fight. They has fight. And I saw one of the fakest spots I've ever seen seen in a wrestling match and that's saying something i don't know if gator spotted this too go ahead gator's just trying to mentally keep it keep his head together at this point chris jericho at one point in this match locks in the walls of jericho adam cole is trying desperately to break the hold oh and then he slides all the way to the end to grab the the uh, fire extinguisher and now some people are thinking well what's wrong with adam cole using a fire extinguisher technically nothing nothing i actually condone that spot because that's old school but here's the problem adam cole it because of the way he's positioned and the awkwardness of trying to hold the fire extinguisher and everything he can't seem to get to the button right away or the pin or whatever it's a pull so jericho has to pull him forward not only that jericho's looking down at the barrel of this fire extinguisher for at least five seconds before it finally it, it shoots at him now if he looked down and then a couple seconds later boom he gets hit that makes sense if you can clearly see that there's a fire extinguisher barrel being pointed at your face here's an idea look away why are you still staring there waiting for the stuff to hit your face i'm i'm tired of my business being prostituted in this type of way because yes there was singles matches that were advertised but every single fucking match on this entire show had some level of interference and every match yeah literally every match and watching ecw yeah and then and then to make matters worse Britt baker hits the ring with the fakest kendo stick shots i've ever seen in my entire life and she and, yeah and he's and she's hitting chris jericho with this kendo stick now if you're gonna, if you're gonna lay into somebody can you fucking do it like you mean it yeah and then soraya tries to make the save but she suffers the same fate and here's the thing i would be okay with this spot if Britt baker wasn't slapping Jericho around every other week. So this spot really means nothing. All it does is lead to a potential mixed tag match on Dynamite that hopefully will be better than what the fuck I just saw here. It probably not. Okay? The whole thing is goddamn ridiculous. There was no reason for Britt to come out here. And then we bring out a chain Yes. that had handcuffs on it like it was a fucking Tennessee chain match. Yeah. Because why? I think they were trying to symbolize the fact that this whole thing started when Cole was handcuffed to the rope and Britt was getting beat up so they wanted to bring that back okay but there's a better way to do that oh there is because here's the problem ladies and gentlemen the chain was way too long mm-hmm. and these fuckers get tangled up in the chain like at one point Jericho and Cole are getting back up and Cole has to wait for Jericho to untangle himself from the chains first of all it's an unsanctioned match second of all this guy beat up or not okay this guy didn't beat up but this guy had the outcasts beat up your girlfriend. Why are you waiting for him to get untangled? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I'd be, I'd be trying to treat him the same way that you, that he treated you. I mean, he had, he had you in a situation where you were, you were unable to save your woman. And you're waiting for him to get untangled? I would, uh, whatever. Again, this whole thing is fucking. And then it ends with Cole eventually beating the shit out of Jericho to the point where he can no longer defend himself. So much like in UFC, Aubrey Edwards stops the match. Yes, yes, because a woman jumping in front of a man to stop a match maker total sense to me. Well, in this case, it it's a licensed official. It's a li- <sighs> Yes. Yes, a licensed official getting in between two men that are fighting each other. It's a good way to end up looking like Britt Baker on that shirt. Good point, but... It makes no sense. It completely and utterly shits upon the business. Okay, if it's, it's one thing, if it's, if it's a licensed official that can say, 
Cole, stop, stop. And he jumps like like fucking Herb Dean does in the UFC in front of the guy to cover him. If you're going to do the UFC shit, have somebody that looks like, like they could stop a fucking fight. Not a woman. And that's not me being sexist. I'm just saying. Don't have a woman that obviously can't stop a fight. Try to stop a fight. Yeah. I mean, I get your, I get your logic. It makes perfect sense. No, this I, is just I, old I, school logic. Yeah, but yeah anyway. I disagree with you. Moving I'm just, on. Yes. I'm just saying the fact that she's a licensed official is what allowed her to get away with that. But anyway. I don't, uh, I don't care what fucking the teacher from Jimmy Neutron is or isn't. I just, I'm, I'm tired of this shit. Alright, so on that note, yeah, we're gonna... Aw, shut up, bitch. We're gonna move on now to the next match of the evening for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. FTR defends the titles against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal with the guest referee, the Sussex County Chicken, Mark Briscoe. There was a lot of moving parts in this. <laughs> this almost this this almost gets wonky really quick. Oh God. So anyway, go go ahead. I'm I'm just I'm I'm just trying to get through this. Um well apparently Because I am contractionally obligated. <laughs> okay. Well, Gator, you noticed something at the beginning of the show, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us what happened? What did I notice at the beginning of the show? Something with Karen. Oh, go go ahead. No, you're the one. Who, you're the one. Who, you're the one who claims you saw it. I didn't see a damn thing. Oh, oh, oh! You're talking about when the Mark grabbed Karen? Yes. Give us your testimony, brother. Yes. Apparently, a Mark grabbed Karen, and Jeff jumped on the Mark. Yep, that'll do it. I mean, not only is that is for shoot for a shoot wife, you don't jump on a woman in the wrestling business. Yeah. Was was it a girl or a guy? The dude. Oh my God! He grabbed he grabbed her arm. Why do people do this? I don't know, Vinny. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. You're the wrestling mark. You should know. <laughs> Fuck you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this match was incredibly disorganized throughout. Um, Basically, the, basically this match was all over the place. Marky yeah. tried to save it. Yes. He tried Marky to save it. Marky tried to save it. Let me just say God bless Mark Briscoe. Yes. Um... Because he he is genuinely and he doesn't mean he's when I say he's funny he's not like he's not like intentionally trying to screw up the product by being he's just naturally a fucking character and it's wonderful to see he's entertaining as hell yeah but he tried to save this shit just his demeanor the way he says things the way he does things Mark Briscoe's hilarious yeah and he and he doesn't mean to be he just is he's organically an entertaining character yeah basically ftr they were the most entertaining thing in the match because they actually were trying to wrestle and trying to win. well besides besides mark briscoe yes but mark briscoe is not wrestling here he's refereeing no but i'm saying i'm saying besides mark briscoe on the point of mark briscoe i told you not to do that one two three four i told you no yeah so they're all actually... his all, all of his mannerisms and shit i'm gonna ring the bell i'm gonna ring the bell yeah and then of course it's... at one point Jarrett goes to hit the goes to swing the guitar he accidentally hits mark briscoe with it and then for some reason karen Jarrett decides to take out aubrey edwards with a guitar and i stood up and applauded <laughs> Meanwhile, the entire building. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine if all Karens were allowed to hit people with guitars? I get a few swings in. Um, <laughs> but I love how they're just going "fuck you, Karen." Like they literally were like "fuck you, Jarrett." Like, and she actually legitimately got heated. Oh yeah, she's flipping them off. She's telling them "kiss my ass." Like yeah, and she, and Jeff's over there like they're just fucking marks. Oh yeah, Karen doesn't take any shit. Like she, she doesn't. Well, most Karens don't take any shit. Uh, exactly. Like Karen, I don't think she's. She, I don't think she ever got used to that from a crowd. Like she never got used to getting heat. Yeah, because she doesn't see herself as a bad person. I think that's. A, I think that's it. I think if you genuinely don't think you're a bad person, it's hard to accept that people don't like you. Yeah, and, we'll go with that. Moving and, on. But Karen is very good at being a heel. Um, I can say that. And, well, most Karens are. Yes. <laughs> And but now at one point, uh, Double J disrespects Mark Briscoe. He shoves him. He goes right into the shatter machine. One, two, three. FTR retains, and we get some salvation. And because they're, and because they're friends, they hug. Yes. <laughs> 
and they get the hell up out of there, and then we get saved from the clusterfuck that was this match. And that's a word you're going to hear me say a lot. As we move on to the next match of the evening, we have ourselves a ladder match for the TNT Championship. Here we go. Wardlow defends the title against Christian Cage. Okay, so not the worst thing on this entire pay-per-view. It's really not. Um, Honestly, I was... I, I, I don't know if it's because there was a lot of fuckery everywhere else that I'm rating this higher than I should. Yeah, and the thing is, it wasn't it was it wasn't as much of a spot fest though. I, I don't think. That, and that's I think that's why I liked it. I mean, there were a few moments like okay, Christian Cage is a damn genius anyway. Yes, and I will say this: uh, there's one spot in this match that pissed me off. Other than that, I was fine with this match. The Swanton Bomb. Yes, but not because of the Swanton. Because and it's because goes, he completely missed the fucking guy he was supposed to be hitting and landed on the other table? Well, he, well, yeah, but some, no, no, he did hit him somewhat because the table broke. He barely hit the guy. He barely he hit, hit the guy, the shoulder, yeah. So that, and but, it didn't even look good. Yeah, so it didn't look good, but that's not what pissed me off. That just was sad. Here's what pissed me off. So, as they're setting this up, Wardlow is climbing the ladder. There's Double A, Arn Anderson, who, in my opinion, is the highlight of this whole fucking match. Double A. Agreed. Agreed. Double A. The only thing we were missing was the Glock. Other than that, Double A was perfect. Double see, you a. didn't see the, you didn't see the pre-show when RJ City asked asked Double A if he was packing heat, and Double A told him to uh, ask his mother. I love Arn. <laughs> I, I do too. So anyway, Arn Anderson goes underneath the ladder and holds down the other side, so Wardlow can climb up. Now, Arn Anderson is in Wardlow's corner. Arn Anderson is mentoring Wardlow. Arn Anderson is basically, in the sense, Wardlow's manager. I have no objections whatsoever to Arn Anderson holding that ladder. What I have a problem with is in addition to Arn Anderson holding that ladder, there are three referees holding the ladder. Agreed. I hate that. And I've literally gotten to fights with people about this. This is how stupid a lot of fans are. The referees should never be holding the ladder. And I know people say, well, you have to protect the talent. If the talent can't do the move, they shouldn't fucking do it in the first place. Why is this a hard concept for people to grasp? Well, that was that was a different situation, though. That ladder was not, that ladder was, was compromised. But I do agree with you that in that situation like that, just get another fucking ladder. Get another fucking ladder. What are you worried? They're not going to stay down too long? They already stay down for 40 five minutes when they're knocked out for Christ's sake. It's not like, what are you worried about, kayfabe? AEW's made it very clear. They throw psychology and kayfabe out the window every other fucking match. And the fans we'll have made it clear momentary. that they don't give a shit about it. So get a fuck, take the, take the time to go get a fucking ladder. They'll lay down for an extra couple minutes. It's not like anybody gives a fuck about psychology or kayfabe or telling a story anyway. So Say it with me, kids. Say it with me, kids. Wrestling. Wrestling. So. Do you feel better? Not quite. Because we still have more to talk about. But, so anyway, that's what pissed me off. This fucking referee's holding the ladder. The referee should not hold the ladder because the referees are supposed to be unbiased. You are not supposed to help the talent attack the wrestler. And when you're holding a ladder, that is what you are doing. You are helping the talent give pain and suffering to the other talent. You're supposed to be fair and impartial. Unless it's a special guest referee. Or a referee that's specifically in someone's back pocket. That's been brought out for the match. Like Charles Robinson referee for Ric Flair, something like that. But if that's not the case, then you don't get involved. Your job is to count the pinfall or record the submission. If you're not doing either one of those things, fuck off in a corner unless someone's trying to break the rules. Oh, that's right. There are no rules in AEW. So never mind. Go eat some popcorn with the fans. You're doing that's no, pretty much there what you're are doing. rules because apparent because apparently you can be you can be out. You can be you, you apparently you can get in the ring when you're needed in the tag match for a spot, but if you do it prematurely, it's a five count. Yeah, that's what it used to be. I I don't I don't yeah. fucking know what's going on, man. I just just yeah. moving on. Yeah. So anyway, Arn Anderson eventually damn near bites off Soros's thumb. Now anyway, we go through all this craziness. Eventually, Wardlow climbs up the ladder, grabs the belt, retains the TNT Championship. Christian Cage though did very well in this match and like we said this was one of the better matches should we say match of the night or is there another title one that deserves that name who gives a fuck Alright, so on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on now to the next match of the evening for the AEW Women's Championship. Jamie Hayter defends the title against that ass, Tony Storm. Squash. This was a squash? It looked like it. <laughs> it didn't feel like one. It felt like it went on really, it felt like it went on forever. Uh, I, not to me. 
it, it kind of felt like, I don't know, there was, once again, more, more fucking interference. Well, why is there so much interference on this show? Well, I don't know why the show, but in this case, I think this is where it was acceptable. Because or no, it, it was needed here, but still, yeah. too much interference. Because apparently, um, you know, legit, Jamie Hayter has an injured arm, or injured right arm. So they realized she can't really wrestle a full-blown match, but they got to get the belt off. So rather than do a, hey, we're going to relinquish the title and have a fucking tournament and all that shit. They just had her go out there and work a short match. They did little things they had to do and then eventually Tony Storm was able to get the one, two, three and become the women's champion, which... I mean, it worked. This this worked. This did work. This made sense and it did further a storyline. So, you, you, know, you know, you can't be mad about it. Yes. And she took the fight to the heels. You know, Baker and Sheeta came out to try to support their friends and do the interference, but Storm managed to put Hater away and win the title, which needed to happen regardless because Tony Storm deserves to be champion and Jamie Hater doesn't. Agreed, and it's sad because Hater's actually not a bad wrestler. Yeah, she's not a bad wrestler. She just she's doesn't... just not ready to be a to be a world champion. Yes. I would put her more in the TBS division. Yeah, she's just not ready. She's not going to draw money, and it's just she needs she, she needs couldn't draw time. money with a green crayon at this stage. No, but in the future maybe. Um, but Tony Storm is at least a money draw. So we got the belt on her, and then you can have Brick, Britt, and Sheeta chase her, I guess, or figure something else out. But Whatever. Either way, they did what they had to do. This is a fairly decent match. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. Oh, God, I don't want to talk about this either. For the AEW Trios Championships, the House of Black defend the titles against the acclaimed and Daddy S. What the fuck? And, it, and it's mm. open house rules. It, those okay first off open house rules are a joke the only thing good about this was caster's promo i mean i did like i always like his rap those are fun yes that's about it yeah you know referencing daddy ass took the pin which is which i understand why it happened but I do. I guess you're trying to keep the other two strong for the tag division. I think so. I think it's because they don't want. Yeah, I think that's why. And Daddy Ass, I guess you know they felt like he could take this loss because it's not like they're gonna push him into a main event spot, which is where he fucking should be. But anyway, then you got a. At one point, there was a "Who's Your Mommy" chant that broke out, which is kind of cool. Um, and then these guys actually, you know, took the fight, did very very well. But the House of Black is just. They're disorganized. There's Brody. Brody King's the only interesting person in this faction. I really Agreed. wish he'd break out on his own. Agreed. I feel like this is a guy that can be a top player. The other three, no. Agreed. He, which is weird because most people would think I would go with the ex WWE guys drawing money, but the fact is, Buddy Murphy never drew money, and Malachi Black barely drew anything either. Like these guys, the only thing big about them was that they were in WWE, and that's it. Yeah, but Brody, I think Brody could draw. I think Brody could. Brody could do his own thing if he had to. Yeah, like there, there's a spot for him. I'm not saying make him a world champion, but he's got potential. He's got the most potential out of everybody in this goddamn group. Uh, he's not world title, but he's he TNT international around there. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. Here it comes. Here it comes, ladies and gentlemen, for the TBS championship. Jay Cargill defends the title against Taya Valkyrie. Okay, so I'm not feeling that great. So here's what we're going to do. Mr. Bujarelli, bring up your messengers. Uh okay. Okay. And now for your for your entertainment, Mr. Bujarelli will read what I sended him during the match. Um... Okay. Um, did I just hear Taya yell, grab my leg to Little Red or whatever that bitch's name is? She did do that. Yeah, I didn't hear it because I had the thing on mute. But Vinny didn't hear it. I heard it. One uh, of my children heard it. Yes, me and one of my children heard it. Uh, oh, yeah. Taya ain't no goddamn magician. Whatever that means. She couldn't. She couldn't carry this girl to a, to a good match because here's the thing with uh with with um Jade Cargill. Okay. Yeah, they said i heard tony tony shivani say there on the on the commentary she's only been in the business two years she looks remarkable remarkably bad 
Mm-hmm. Like, coming but she, to gives, she gives us hope. Yes, the hope that she. Yes, the hope that she will die. It's okay. It's like coming to America. That boy's good. Yeah, good and terrible. Jesus Christ. Um. Why just why? What the actual fuck? What the motherfuck? That was after. That was after Ty got pinned because Ty should have had that fucking title. Yes. Uh. Fuck this company. Who is this bitch? They shit in Ty's mouth. What the fuck? That yeah. Okay. Stop there. Um. Yeah. Yes, they did. They shot in her mouth, and then I didn't know who Chris Statlander was until Vinny explained her to, to me, and I still don't understand or care. Yes. Um, well, obviously, if you're a fan of AEW, you're you're aware of who she is. Basically, yes. she she is a women's wrestler. She is a fairly is decent she the, worker. Is she the chick that was doing the was doing the alien gimmick? Yes, that was her. Oh God. And she, yeah, she, and she had a, she had a thing where she was like the for a moment. I don't know if she still is or not, but she was the female group member of the best friends. Like it was her pockets, Chucky e. T and Trent for a period of time. Oh, cool. I hate professional wrestling. <laughs> But yeah, Chris Statlander comes back after being gone for a year and she wins the TBS championship. Yes, because why the fuck not? Because all this does is prove my point and the point of a lot of people in wrestling. It's that AEW lives in its own bubble. It lives in its own world. And clearly, clearly, they're not trying to bring anybody else into their world. They are not trying to expand. They are not trying to grow. They are not trying to evolve. I know that sounds crazy with all the new things that they're doing, but let's be honest, they're not trying to expand their company. They're just trying to expand the reach to their bubble. That's all they're doing. They're adding more shit to make the bubble happy. Because if you gave a single fuck about drawing money, if you gave a single fuck about wanting to bring in more fans, if you gave a single fuck about wanting to be taken seriously and put in the same breath as WWE, Taya Valkyrie would have this championship around her waist right now. You would think. You would think that would be the logical money drawing thing. And that's the thing we always talk about trying to make money for a company because that should be your goal to make money, to draw money. Who on this Say roster is Gator. going to draw me money? Say it with Uncle Gator wrestling. Hey. It's like when Paul Heyman was talking to Vince McMahon and he was doing that shoot promo before Survivor Series 2001. Paul said, how far do you want me to go with my shoot promo? Vince said, as far as you can to draw me money. Are you going to say anything back to me? Nope. Just draw. Draw me money. That was it. Draw me money. Chris Statlander does not draw money. No, for nobody. For nobody. No, more I, money. And I already said she's a good, she's a decent worker. I am not hating on her in-ring skills. She has a gimmick, a character. It works for her. When timed properly, she can do very well. That's 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 nice. But she does not draw money. You know what's sad? What? I don't care. You know why I don't care? Why don't you care? Because I didn't start watching this program before she was supposedly on it. Yeah. So I didn't know who the fuck this bitch was. Exactly. So think about think about not only me knowing that, but people like me that started watching this program right before all um Double or Nothing and ordered it for the first time and are now so confused. Yeah. But, you know, they don't care about those kind of people. They don't. You know, the core of your fucking audience. Yes. Now, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. And the last match of the evening. Well, for us, it's the last match of the evening. This, this is No, it's the last match of the evening. I'm, we're not covering the bullshit. Yeah, we're not covering that. I bet I shut the pay-per-view off at this point after this match. I watched I watched it because I paid for the goddamn shit. And you were with your children, so I'm sure they wanted to watch it. Actually, I went outside and smoked a cigarette. <laughs> But, but uh, you know, I'm supposed to have quit those. Hey, hey after all the shit that went down in this pay-per-view, I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't I needed, blame you. Needed I, one. If I, if I had a pack, I'd have gone through it before you called me. I, I believe it. So, for you guys, so for, so for us, this is the last main event match of the evening. It should have been the fucking main event to begin with. We have... Because I asked you, I said, why is this not the main event? And the only reason, and, and Vinny didn't need to answer that question because I already knew it was because the EVPs are selfish pricks. Yeah. Who's, who honestly think they draw money. But anyway... They don't. They don't. They couldn't They they couldn't draw money with a green crayon. On this planet or any other. So uh, we have the Pillars 4-Way match for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. MJF defends the title against Jungle Boy Jack Perry, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allin. 
Okay, I'm going to say the same thing I said about the tag match. There was too much moving parts here. Yes. And 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 I could and I could tell for a fact that MJF did not have much say in this. <laughs> You know why I can tell? Well, how can you tell? Seven Canadian destroyers in one match. Oh God, yeah. I goddamn counted them. Oh my God, that that was goddamn ridiculous. That was, was way seven. too many. There was seven. Seven Canadian destroyers. Yes. That isn't. It, it, that is ridiculous, even by indie standards. I made the children write them down. <laughs> and but before the match, uh, Gator, do you remember what you said before the match? Go ahead. She's pregnant. What the fuck? Now Sammy's a baby face. Am I wrong? Was that not supposed to make him look like a baby face? Why is the heel telling me his wife is pregnant? If he's a heel, I don't give a fuck. Am I supposed to like Sammy and his wife now? I think that's the goal they were shooting for. That they're now going to have a little spawn of Satan running around? Yeah, and apparently that's supposed to make us like them, even though there's nothing likable about either one of them. Like, Sammy's definitely, like we said, we've been saying this for the last few weeks, but Sammy is definitely becoming a baby face. That is a given. That is a given. Jungle Boy is becoming a heel. I thought he was going to turn heel when he had that belt in his hand. Yes, but I think that's just them prolonging the story. I think Jungle Boy's come becoming heel. I think they're teasing it. Well, here's, well, why are you teasing it? No one's like, why? Why? Again, this is another example of dragging shit out too long. Just fucking, it's, it's double because or nothing. it's Tony Khan. Just fucking, all you had to do was hit Darby with the belt right there, and it's Tony Khan. Okay, that's all we need at this point. And of course, the whole thing is fucking disorganized. I couldn't keep up with half this shit. So apparently Guevara's doing the Eddie Guerrero shit, which again, this is something that's overdone in wrestling. At this point, at this point, it's no longer a tribute. Y'all are stealing gimmicks. They're stealing gimmicks? Yes. They're stealing gimmicks? Yes. I'm having the heart palpitations. Hello, children. It's Gator Jacob Friedman. (laughs) Yes, because I'm Jewish. I'm better than you, and you know it. No, and y'all knew it. Yeah. Hello, children. I'm I'm Gator Allen. <laughs> Booker G. I'm gonna. I got half my face painted. Why is Darby Elvis? Uh- <laughs> Yeah, Vinny had explained to me that. Yeah, but by the way, hundred percent get it. But anyway, yes. Um, basically, um, you know, all he did was explain to me Elvis is in Elvis is in uh is in Vegas. Yeah, it's Elvis impersonators. That's a thing. Elvis was literally, you know, practically ran Las Vegas. Well, no, actually, yes, it's a thing. Yeah, MJF using the crossroads. He ran, he ran Vegas. It wasn't the mob. Don't listen to what they tell you. Yeah, yeah. MJF using the crossroads. I thought was great. Um, I also like. Like this, MGF almost got Sammy to lay down for him by saying, "Think about the baby." That was now that was good. That that made that I like. Yes, I thought that was brilliant. Well done. I, I, I did like that. I just I just think it's bad that there's going to be another woke little fucking liberal snowflake in the world. But anyway, and Guevara applies the lion tamer, and Alan executes a scorpion deathlock uh, as an ode to their respective mentors. And of course, uh, you know, Jungle Boy stops MJF from potentially tapping out. He did a he did a kill switch. Yes. Um, actually, MJF does a Storm Cradle driver to Allen, which is a nod to Mikey Whipwreck. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, Guevara does a Spanish Fly, which doesn't fucking surprise me. Well, and then MJF later does a, a blonde bombshell that was a nod to Chris Candido. Yes. Yes, yes. Because because sometimes you just happen to have a sunny day. Yes. They said there was no gimmicks needed, but he definitely fucking needed one. Allen nearly wins the title with a headlock takeover, which is a callback to the feud with MJF. They're literally trying to pin each other with headlock takeovers. That was an overall theme in this match. Um, and then MJF uh, revives the headlock finish, putting on, pinning an unconscious Allen for the win. The chant says, I'm getting bored as he made his way up the ramp, employing the AW fish need to find him more competition. Wrestling. Yes. So now the big question is... The well, now the big question is... Where do they go? Where do they go from here with MJF? Like, who's gonna be his next challenger? It's gonna be Punk. Yeah, that's assuming he's he's coming back. I don't know, children. I don't know. I mean, they've now announced that. Like I said, they're gonna say it's at the United Center, but I'm not gonna believe it until I until I see CM Punk in the ring cutting a promo. I'm not believing he's coming back. Well, and if if he does, you can't have normal. You can't just start with normal matches with this because they've already had a feud with the dog collar match. Yeah. You've got to build upon that. So they would have to have another gimmick match? Hmm? So they would have to have another gimmick match? Yeah. Okay, well, what would you do? 
Well, I mean, I would, I would give, I would give them a singles match and then have some fuckery where MJF gets over and then create my gimmick around that. Um, because, well, no, they already did a dog collar match, but um, I'm sure they can find I, something I'd to do. Pro- I'd probably end up having a Chicago street fight of some sort. That could work, or 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 a Long Island street fight. Yeah, there you go. Whichever, whichever, depending on where they they go with it. Yeah. Um, either way, it's gonna be intriguing to see. And then, of course, we gotta find out if what's Sammy gonna do with this babyface gimmick, because obviously. As I said before, his next step needs to be Jericho. He needs a feud with Jericho. Wrestling. Yes. Uh, Jungle Boy's got to find a way to turn heel, and I'm thinking maybe him and Darby Allen could start a feud. And that would be good. And have Jungle Boy turn heel in that feud because you could tell during that during the buildup those two were butting heads a lot. So I would build on that, and that could be the next big rivalry for them. I think I think Jungle Boy and Darby should build off this. Sammy should go with Jericho and MJF go with Punk, assuming he comes back. Mm-hmm. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will officially wrap up this recap of Double or Nothing. As I mentioned before, we don't give a single fuck about anarchy in the arena. Um, Gator, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. And uh, I'll see you later this week for Dynamite. Yep, I'm going to bed. Goodbye, children. All right. And make sure you guys follow the Booch. And make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you guys check out the Male Soap Opera Moment. We had our predictions for Night of Champions. Find out who won, who lost, and be on the lookout for our Night of Champions recap coming very soon to the Boochcast. Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Give us tweets, photos, and videos. Check out the uh, the gimmicks uh, video that Gayer and I put up on Instagram, as well as the chicken and rice bit that Zach and I did. That's up there as well. And of course, make sure you guys visit our YouTube channel and check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, we got a lot of great content coming soon to the channel. Some complaint times, some dark side of the '90s. Once I get the tech issue fixed uh dark side of football dark side of comedy and new episodes of dark side of the ring will be coming over there we'll be reviewing all of those for the youtube channel so subscribe now check out the content that's currently there and be on the lookout for the new ones coming soon also make sure you follow us on twitch go to twitch.tv slash the boochcast that's where we do our live wrestling watch parties our next watch party will be saturday august the 5th for wwe SummerSlam. make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer and of course we have our live dnd show coming Coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we've got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since the Peacock, I would have put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network, and unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans, are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You get the option to pay with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and to take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and please to be paid for their hard work, podcast.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. I'll talk to you guys next time. Until then... Pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>